Hello, I'm T. Marie. These are talks to usher in God's presence. Welcome to Invite God In. Hello there and welcome to Invite God In. My name is T. Marie and today we're going to talk about some sensitive material, but we're going to come at it from a way, in a way that we can remember our power in God and that we can hopefully refocus and be healed around some of these very tragic events. Today we're going to be talking about the Uvalde school shooting. And uh, before we even get into anything, we're going to do what we always do, and we are going to invite God in with prayer. So, Father, thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you for giving us exactly what we need. Give me the words. Give us all the way to understand what you would have us know amidst these things that we do not understand and that deeply hurt and concern us. I love you, I trust you, and I invite you into this time that we have together and that you may resonate throughout once we separate. So uh, today we are going to talk about the Uvalde school shooting. If you don't know what that is, I know this show broadcasts around the world. Hello to my Cyber FM, the Cross family. Hello to my IT family. Hello to you wherever you are watching or listening from. I know this broadcast around the world, so you may not know about this. Uh, here in America, in Texas, there has recently been a mass shooting at an elementary school. The shooting was done by an 18-year-old that uh, unfortunately went to this school and with a AR-15, which is a high-powered assault rifle, he shot and killed a number, I believe it is 14 elementary school children, and uh, I believe it was one teacher or more teachers. There were also people injured that, that did not lose their life, but many lives were lost. Now, uh, wherever in the world you are, I know that there are different governing situations regarding guns and safety and schools and everything. And so the reason why I'm highlighting this story is because there's a lot for us to dissect here and a lot for us that we can remember amidst this terrible tragedy that unfortunately is one of many that have been happening in the United States of America, which is where I live and where I'm from. So now that we've kind of recapped just the synopsis of what the Uvalde school shooting is, was or is as it is still unfolding and you know it just happened this week the first thing that i'm seeing a lot of is a lot of of course of course of course tension anxiety complaining arguments blame because we're hurting it hurts when people die senselessly it hurts more when children die senselessly it hurts when we feel that there is no justice. It hurts when we feel that things that are unfair are happening. And so naturally, from a place of pain, confusion, overwhelm, anxiety, and because this is something that continues to happen in the United States of America, social media is aflame with blame 
and with accusations. We have people saying that prayers don't matter. We have people uh, uh, saying things about the politicians because this gun laws in the United States is a big hot topic. Um, on and on and on. Now, we have to be able to look at something in order to be clear on it, right? So where do we stand if we're inviting God in? Where do we stand if we're inviting God in? And what can we remember when we feel overwhelmed, confused, hurt, uh, uh, a, a totally um, upset, angry, judgmental, accusatory? Now, we feel these things because we're hurt, but what can we do? What can we do? This is what we're talking about from the perspective of inviting God in. So one important thing for us all to remember, and the reason why I want to kick it off with this is because one of the massive things that I'm hearing here in the United States, a lot of things that are being pushed onto the law are matters that are coming from or seeming to come from, air quotes in the studio, the church. And we're identifying hypocrisies here. And so again, we're hurting. We're in anguish. We feel upset. We're judgmental because we say, you hypocrite, if you are for the church, if you are for life, if you are for love, if you are for Jesus, if you are for believing in what the Bible says, then why would you stand in the way of gun reform? Why would you protect assault rifles that no one should need if they're not in the military, right? Why, 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 why? So then we make the mistake of attacking the church. But here's the good news, my friends. When we remember the truth about the church, we can get some relief. So let's dive there. We are the church. We are the church. Why do we need to remember this? Because if we're looking to the church as a group outside of us, if we're looking to the church as a mega church or a famous pastor, if we're imagining that the church are the people lobbying for certain laws, then we have lost the truth. We are the church. Every single one of us is the church. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9, I'm reading from the New International Version because it is the, uh, a good, easy kind of common English we can, we can uh, read. 1 Corinthians 3, 9, New International Version, it says, For we are co-workers in God's service. You are God's field, God's building. When we remember that we are the church, then some of that anguish, anxiety, powerlessness, accusatory could be alleviated because we can somehow remember amidst the cyclone of opinions and attitudes and judgments and fear that we can do something, that we can stand for something, that we can be something. We can choose and be 
and act like and reverberate the true church. And hopefully your thought of that is that it is love, acceptance, kindness, and more. So the first point, okay, that we can glean from this terrible senseless tragedy in the Uvalde school shooting and what has it has inflamed when we hear. And if you're around the world listening, and this particular story isn't something that is coming to you, wherever you are, when you feel overwhelmed, anxious, upset, uh, 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 powerless against corruption or uh, senseless violence in your country, in your city, in your state, in your nation, then you can remember, okay, how can I invite God in? Number one, I can remember that I am the church, not a building, not a famous person, not a lobbying group, not a, a, a powerful, loud voice out in the internet. I, we, you are the church. So let us begin there. And so how can we act like the church? How can we be a church? Let's look at it. Let's invite God in with our action, with a, a sense of wonder. Okay. Now, the first thing is, are we looking outside of ourselves? Are we looking outside of ourselves? Why am I bringing this point up? When we look at the uh, terrible shooting that has occurred and different shootings that have occurred, or when we look at some of the senseless tragedies that we've seen, what do we know? We know that hurt people hurt people. And many times what we find is that the person that has committed these heinous crimes, not always, but most of the time, they are people that have been deeply hurt, deeply marginal, marginalized. They are ostracized. They are ignored. They are bullied. They are and on and on and on and on and on. So when I saw this story again, I thought, Gosh, if we're the church, are we looking outside of ourselves? Let me give some examples of how this is an everyday thing that we can pay attention to and how we can be different. Friends, we live in a time where we can send a message or respond to a person with a push of a button in less than 15 seconds. We can respond. Now the phones have made it so easy that we can send a universal symbol that is a heart, a hug, a, a kiss, a rainbow, something that says, I love you. I see you. I'm thinking of, of you. I'm guilty of this. I'm guilty of what I'm going to say. So this is not a judgment call. I'm not judging anybody. I'm identifying ways we can be in power. How many of us? have been so caught up in ourselves that we are too busy to respond to someone with the push of a button. I've done this myself, friends. And this is just responding to someone, which means a person that reached out to us. How many times have we been hurting, in need, sad, lonely, 
uh, needing advice, wanting support, uh, needing a, a, a push of confidence, a hug, and we're not reaching out to anybody. So it goes even deeper. Are we looking outside of ourselves? We must be able to respond to folks. We must be able to look up outside of our computer screen, our telephone, our four walls, our cubicle, our office, our car, and, and look around. Are we looking outside of ourselves? We are the church. We are the ones that can make a world of difference. We have so much power. And so I want us to remember that today. I want us to feel somehow a sense of hope and a sense of, 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 of possibility. So one thing is, are we looking outside of ourselves? How can we look outside of ourselves? Well, we can remember that we're not too busy. Let us never be too busy that we can't press a button to respond to someone. Father, please help us. Let us not be so preoccupied with our life that we, you know, can't even look up and notice the people that are around us in the room. Father, help us. Are we noticing pain, loneliness, etc.? Because guess what? When we look up, are we really taking people in? Are we noticing that maybe there's a student that now is always by themselves? Are we noticing that our sons or daughters are now um, locked up alone? Do we know what they're looking at? Are we noticing? Are we noticing that the neighbor that we used to see every once in a while now isn't coming out of their house? Are there, are there, are there decorations from months ago still up and it's, it's summer, but the Christmas, what have we checked on that neighbor? Have we said, hello, I miss you. Here's a, uh, something uh, friends, we're the church loved ones. We're the church and we have the power to do this right now. Right now, when you're listening under the sound of my voice, is there someone that you can text and say, I love you. I'm thinking about you. I'm proud of you. I noticed you did this or maybe just noticing. Hey, don't feel guilty. Don't feel bad. Guess what? Just notice right now. You can listen and start to notice, open your phone up. Who can you notice right now on your social media? That's doing something good. Who can you give praise to love, respect, joy, maybe somebody in your life that's been doing things for you and you just haven't said, thank you. You just haven't checked to see if they need something from you. Friends, are we noticing? And when we notice pain, distress, or need, are we helping? Are we helping? Hey, again, there is no judgment here. I've been the same way in many different circumstances, right? But let's explore here. This is what it means to invite God in to say, guess what? You know what? I'm noticing that something is broken and I'm remembering that I have power to do something that doesn't look like fighting and complaining and judging that actually looks like true acts because the father almighty has given me power. I am the house for God. I'm a church. 
So what can we do when we notice pain or distress? Are we helping? And here is where we can look at the example of the good Samaritan. If you have a Bible or if you have the Bible app, you, you can check on any of this right now. The, the parable of the good Samaritan is found in Luke chapter 10 verses 25 through 37. Today, for time's sake, I'm going to begin in Luke chapter 10 verse 30. Okay, so we're going to miss a little of the preamble here, but essentially Jesus is speaking to someone who is asking what they can do and then asks, who's my neighbor? Because Jesus says to the person that asks, you must love God as you love yourself and, and you must love God above all and you must love your neighbor the way you love yourself. Okay, so then he says, well, who's my neighbor? The person that Jesus is talking to at this time. And so now I'm going to read from scripture. This is from Luke chapter 10, verse 30 in the New International Version or NIV for short. In reply, Jesus said, and this is a parable, so it's a little story. A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, when he came, uh, and so too, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, he passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan as he traveled, came where the man was. And when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus then told him, go and do likewise. So what do we see here, friends? What we see is that as the church, we're directed, as the church, we, each of us, is directed to love our neighbor, love our fellow man like we love ourselves. Now granted, I started off the show talking about some of us have been so marginalized, so hurt, so distressed, so disappointed, so abandoned that we don't love ourselves that much and that's a separate issue. But even the maker of the law in this story knew the right answer. He knew that the good Samaritan, that the neighbor was the person that cared for someone that needed help. And so I think we all inherently know that. We inherently know how we would hope that someone would care for us if we needed it. We inherently feel how we would need comfort, how we would hope to be noticed and seen. So, when we notice pain, distress, or need, are we helping? If the answer is no, let's fix it. And let's discuss some ways that we can. 
Okay, because many, many of our fellow human beings, we need help. We need help and we need love in action, in action, not words, not thinking of you, not, oh, that's great. Oh, I'm going to fight on your behalf on Twitter. No, we need hugs. We need to be seen. We need to be checked on. We need to be loved. We need to be noticed. We need to be forgiven. We need to be given resources that we cannot get for ourselves. Friends, this is such a huge point. And this is no judgment. The whole point and purpose of today's episode of Invite God In is for us to remember the power that we have. For us to remember that we are the church and that we can trans, we can move mountains. We can move the mountain of injustice. We can move the mountain of mental health. We can move the mountain of, 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 of violence. We can move the mountain of isolation. We can do it. We can do it when we notice each other, when we love one another, when we forgive each other, when we provide whatever is needed. And sometimes we might not have it ourselves. Maybe you don't have the money to house somebody at an inn. But do you have a bottle of water? Do you have a loving word? Do you have the awareness to say, I see you? Are you struggling? No judgment here. I'm here. Can I give you a hug? Here's a resource I found on the internet. Whatever. These are things that we can do. Today we're talking about how we can invite God in when massive tragedy strikes, especially when it happens at the hands of other human beings. This is because of what happened in the Uvalde school shooting in America, wherever you're listening from in the world today, understand that you can use these things and you can use these attitudes, perspectives, these awarenesses, these insights, this power that God has given each and every one of us as his children, as believers, you can use this to make a change where you are. You don't have to be in the United States of America. You don't have to be in Texas. Wherever you are, this will work. And so we move on and we say, let's identify what's true and let's remember our power in God. Let's identify what is true and let's remember our power in God. Why am I saying this? Part of the large argument, okay? Now, wherever we're coming from with this, whether you think that the enemy is the devil or whether you think that the enemy is negativity or whether you think that the enemy is um, disillusionment and separation and division, whatever it is for you, it's valid. What happens? A terrible calamity happens and then we all of a sudden start fighting on the internet. Wherever you think the enemy lives, to me, that sounds like the enemy's winning. Let's have something terrible happen and then have everybody just start to fight and be more of the energy <laughs> that the calamity represents. So what do we do? Part of what we're fighting over is the natural response that we feel over this terrible happening, over this injustice, over feeling sad and angry, and, and we, we hate it. And that's right. But, but 
Why is it wrong to fight? Because guess what, friends? It also says in the Bible not to cast your pearls before swine. What does this stand for? If we as a society identify that there is corruption and continue to insist that those that are corrupt simply change their ways and do what's right, we are in error. We are wasting our pearls and putting them before swine. We must identify what is true and then remember our power in God. So what can we do here? Let's get to it. Are we actually praying? Now, I know, I know, friends, some of you feel hurt around the word praying at this point because a lot of those hypocrites, a lot of those people that are, they use this as a way to kind of soften the blow of the terrible things that are being done. That's not what I'm talking about, loved ones. Don't be duped. Are we praying? Because when we pray, when we actually say prayers, when we actually talk to our father, when we actually talk to God, God listens. You want to know what isn't a prayer? Just saying that you're praying. You want to know what is not a prayer? Just saying, sending good thoughts. Our hearts are with. No, no, no. Are we actually praying? Prayer is a powerful tool because it will move mountains, but more importantly, it will change hearts, which leads me to the next point. Are we actually praying and are we praying for the right things? Are we praying for the right things, friends? Okay. Because here's some examples of what some of the quote unquote right things could be. Are we praying for a change in our hearts? What? T. Marie, why would I pray for a change in my heart? I didn't shoot anybody. That's right. You didn't. But we need to change our hearts because we need help. We need help right now when we feel helpless, hopeless, overwhelmed, angry, when we want to fight somebody, when we want to tell somebody what time it is, we need some help in our hearts so we don't go down the spiral and answer the enemy's call. So we need help with our hearts and we can also pray for the change of other hearts, for more of God. We can pray for the change in our hearts. We could pray for a change in our priorities. We can pray for more of God in all of us. We could pray for peace. We could pray for comfort. We could pray for love. We could pray for God's will. And I know if you don't feel close to God, that will feel scary. But God's true will is good for us. It's love for us. It's not only a better life while we're here on earth, but it's also an amazing everlasting life when we leave. God wants the best for us. And if you have trouble wrapping your mind around this, look to the Bible also. In Genesis, the whole story opens up with God creating man and woman to live forever in a garden that has everything that they could ever need. We wouldn't have needed to work, to get clothes, to do anything. Guess what we would have done? We would have hung out together, had delicious varieties of foods to pluck and enjoy. 
God's will for us is genuinely, lovingly good. So we can pray for God's will. We can pray for love and peace and understanding and comfort. And, and, and this can, can be powerful. Are we acting practically? Because again, here at Invite God In, it's not all about just, oh, thoughts and prayers and thoughts and prayers. No, no, no. It's about real praying. It's about real invitation with, to God, real relationship with God, and it's about real practical moves. So are we acting practically? Here are some examples of how we can act practically. Are we choosing mental health as a priority in every way that we can? In our actions with others, in uh, voting and electing for people to have the resources they need when life gets too hard? Are we standing for the removal of office for anyone, anyone that is standing in the way of our health, our welfare, justice for profits? Are we identifying the corruption and voting it out and signing petitions to get it out? You don't have to be in an uproar. I don't want you to be mad and fighting online, but there's practical things we can do. Let's not forget our power, please. We can vote for change. We can sign petitions. We can support change with our money. This information is online, friends. If you're identifying in your nation, state, city, uh, wherever, if you're identifying corruption, you can follow that trail all the way. You'll see who is corrupt in your uh, political body. You'll see who is corrupt, what businesses support those things. Guess what you could do? You could take your almighty money, since that seems to be what all these people care about, and you can take that money and put it elsewhere into businesses and people and movements that represent the stuff that you care about, which hopefully is justice for all, health for all, mental health, um, you know, the ability for us to have access to resources, gun reform that makes sense. You know, we can do this, friends. And we can support change by promoting solutions with our social media platforms. Not in complaints, not in complaints. None of us need more complaining. But you know what would be really cool? If when we go onto social media, we find and we also post resources. For example, excuse me. <clears throat> there is an association called Every Town. Every Town. Every Town is a collective of mothers and more that are interested and focused on gun reform. You can go and find out about them. They do education, they do lobbying, they do a number of things. You can support those people. If you don't want or can't do it with money, you can promote their organization and others that care about this can log on and help them and support them. It's a simple thing we can do. It's a simple thing we can do, friends. We have the power to do this. My heart goes out to all of us that are hurting from these tragedies because it hurts. It hurts. 
Just this week, I was going to the movies on Wednesday, enjoying my time, and it just washed over me the thought of these grieving parents that they are having the worst day of their lives, that they're probably curled up in bed, struggling, having to make funeral arrangements for their innocent babies. Any of us that see these things and are affected by them, that's a natural response. It's what are we going to do? Let's remember that we are the church. Let's remember that we can look outside of ourselves. We can notice people that are being marginalized, that are in pain, that might need something. We can help them. We can be the Good Samaritan and be the church every day and start to see less people forgotten in the cracks. And when it comes to the corruption, when it comes to the reforms that are needed, when it comes to the justice that is needed, when it comes to all of that, we can do things too. Let us not fight with one another. Let us simply be a stand, a beacon for what is right. We have the power, friends. This is not old news, unfortunately. But the solutions are also timeless. Friends, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. And may the Lord give you his peace. Remember that you are the church. Remember that you have been entrusted. You have God in you. Ask for guidance, ask for help, ask for comfort, ask for whatever you need. And then act in love. We have the power to make these changes. Go forth in love, friends. God bless you now and always. I hope to see you again, same place, same time next week. I'm T. Marie. This was Invite God In. Bye-bye, friends. Mm -hmm.